You're listening to Cinema Snarks. I'm Larry. And I'm Ren. And we are going to tell you how we really feel. And today we are telling you how we really feel about Old, the latest feature from director M. Night Shyamalan. (laughs) Ren, I'm already hearing weird noise. (laughs) I I mean, I felt like M. Night Shyamalan was a good call for a snarky podcast about movies because uh aside from the first two films he's made everything has been a, a great disappointment um, he was on oh. a on a little bit of a redemption tour um yes, I, did. I heard i listened to your your review of it just like the beginning parts of it you were you tried to be very measured about it um but there's no God. reason to be measured here no uh yeah <laughs> You're like, so. it's not as bad as i thought it would be and i i i, I would tend to agree yeah, it, I, I expected last- disaster if i'm being honest from that trailer i was expecting disaster <laughs> yes. it's not quite a disaster it's not it, good but it's yeah. not the worst it's not in the bottom three actually uh no. my Shyamalan film no. so there we go that i mean that's something And this is something we'll we'll talk about. The one redeeming thing I think that he has is he manages to hire, he's got enough money to hire really good actors that I at least like watching the (laughs) actors work long enough to like not care that his plots are nonsense, garbage, bullshit. Yeah. Um, So this film, it takes place on a fantastical beach where a family takes a vacation to get away from their life stresses. But when they are offered the opportunity to go to an exclusive part of this island, they soon find out that not all is as appeared when it comes to this beautiful getaway resort. So, uh, are we going to spoil it? Or should we throw it out there? I would like to spoil it if necessary. I feel like, yeah, I will. We'll talk at first before we get to that twist. Um, we have to talk about. Okay, so depending on your level of spoilers, if you haven't watched the trailer, probably click off if you're that sensitive. Obviously, yeah. people get old on this beach. So, if you haven't read the title of the movie, surprise. <laughs> People get age rapidly. Now, <laughs> we'll talk about the twist near the end of the actual review uh, so that if you want to yeah. escape that, you can wait. But I also feel like is... you can't talk about M. Night Shyamalan movies without talking about the twist and so, yeah. why they're stupid a we'll lot get of the into, time. Into the that. Time. But this is definitely an M. Night Shyamalan film. It does have a twist, as we said, and we'll talk about that soon. Uh, You can't have a film from him without one. Uh, After Earth, though, actually is a film in which he doesn't really present a twist, and it is his most boring film, I'll say that. It's, again, not quite his worst, but clearly his most boring film to date. After Earth, with Will and and Jaden Smith uh, starring in that one. Oh, yeah generic sci-fi to the max um so yeah when he doesn't have a twist he's just flat out boring yeah old isn't boring and i actually think to start off it has a good idea that's this is the m night Shyamalan recipe cool idea a really inventive concept 
and it actually leads to some interesting ideas yeah. on the beach about humanity, about our own yeah. mortality, family, family, how we spend um, our time. Yeah. I feel like M. Night Shyamalan and Ryan Murphy should start a club <laughs> of the conceptual director good ideas how to tell a story let me steal all the good ideas so nobody else can make them and just do them <laughs> badly that's he's done that a lot everyone <laughs> that's i think that's why i'll just say this now before we get into the actual bigger discussion on him i think that's why we continue to be fascinated with m night Shyamalan and why we keep wanting him to succeed and going to watch his films because he brings the idea that we're like, okay, maybe, maybe he can stick the landing again. And when you start so high and you nail it off the bat, you're just like constantly wanting them to get back to that. Mary, you're using this pronoun we as if well, anyone besides you still has faith, but he is. I, mean, I think people watch it because they're like, what's this train wreck going to look like? I mean, maybe I, that. I had to specifically watch M. Night Shyamalan movies to prepare for this podcast because I stopped at the village. I that was the oh. first movie I saw that I was angry when I left. We'll definitely so, be talking about um, the village, y'all. So stick yes. around. There will be oh. lots of ranting in this episode. <laughs> And because I was so angry at the last <laughs> M Night Shyamalan movie I had seen, it was like the fact that this one didn't make me angry made me come out and be like, it was fine. And then, of course, I thought about it for a little while longer. Like, I think I texted you, like, the next day. And I was like, actually, it's hot garbage. I'm going to say, just, like, I was shocked. Away all of the plot holes in my brain yeah. as I go through. I was shocked because we saw this. Uh, I saw it first at, like, a press thing. And then I saw it with Ren and my grandma and our friend Nicole on the Friday of release. I thought Ren was going to leave hating it. And she and Nicole both were kind of like, that was. Okay, uh, you know, and I was just like, oh, all right. Uh, they liked it a lot more than me. <laughs> so the other major saving grace of this film and like part of the reason that I like agreed to do this topic is because I love Gael Garcia Bernal. Like I first saw him in The Science of Sleep way back when in like the early-ish 2000s and was like, who is this gorgeous, adorable, quirky little man? I love him. And so I've basically been following him all over in all of his Spanish language films too <laughs> for of most of his career. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, all right, I'll watch him in this film. And he, he's adorable. He is adorable and sweet. The family, the, the family, the center of old is probably the most effective part of the movie. I think that that's where for a short period of time it starts to like play with something mm -hmm. interesting which is like you have these people who are they're kind of falling apart as a family and then they get put into this crisis and i think there was something kind of interesting about like mm -hmm. once they have to like watch their lives speeding by they come back together and there's something kind of interesting about watching what might have happened over the course of decades happen emotionally between these people on the beach and if m night Shyamalan was a good director that's what it, the movie would have been about that's, that's it if been. he was a good writer he was a good director that would have been like the focus i don't need any of those other fucking people on the beach <laughs> they're just like unnecessary like horror elements i guess like the that's that's what i don't <laughs> think he understands is 
the horror in this story is the premise. It is yeah. aging rapidly on this beach. And you don't you need to out. add outside horror elements. It's already a terrifying mm-hmm. concept that is going to freak people out because a lot of people, when faced with like anything that has them question mortality, start thinking and, you know, that that'll freak you out enough. You don't need all that extra. It was also like not that scary. Nothing no, was like scary that. enough to warrant the need for it. Like it would have been better if they had spent any time. So, okay. So to give you a, the layout of the land, you have the central family, which is the Gael Garcia Bernal character, actress wife who I've never seen before. She was did not you see, um Did you see, oh uh, God, now I'm blanking on it. The fashion movie uh, oh, with, with Daniel, uh, Daniel Davis. Davis. It was, uh, yes, yes. She oh was gosh, in that one. Why am I blanking it? Yeah, okay. she was the she was the younger woman in yeah. that one. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great, news. great, great. Yeah, she's good. She's um she's one of those actresses. She's a one of those quiet dignity actresses. Mm-hmm. So I I tend to like my actresses a little flashier than that, but she's fine. <laughs> she's not bad. I think she does a good job. Um, I think it was. I don't, I don't know. It's fine. The family have, is fine. The little kids are actually over the top. Alex Wolf, who loves to cry, he is a crier. Uh, the oh, son, the kid the from uh, what was hereditary. that movie? Uh, hereditary. Yeah, that the one kid with from the hereditary mole. with the mole. I love how like he starts aging, but the one thing you have the whole time is that mole. His like, and I'm pretty sure it's because mole. They hired Alex Wolf, yeah, and we're like, okay, like, everybody else has to have the. I, <laughs> that distinct mole <laughs> he has a very distinct feature on his face that is a giant mole and and yeah. then all the little kids and everybody had to have one and i think thomas and mckenzie was probably my personal highlight of the acting cast she was the daughter the like mid-aged daughter uh yeah, I she, she was, was she was quite good uh yeah, she was for, also a little bit quieter but i thought I, she made some interesting choices like that like choke thing that like when she started like freaking out uh but yeah i, I thought it was it was interesting i mean <sighs> Child actors are always like a hard thing just because they're children and they just don't have the time to have developed skills a lot of the time. Like occasionally you get a kid who just like seems to get it. Yeah. Um, but it, it they just they're children. So yeah. the the bar has to be a little bit lower. I do mm-hmm. think they did okay. It was I don't I wasn't super sold on these older people playing young children. Like I think. Yeah. It felt very much like adults playing children as yeah. opposed to like children actually trapped inside of a yeah. body. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, my brain just went to, you know, who did an amazing job of one character trapped in a completely contrary body? Jack Black in uh, the uh, Jumanji movies. That's one of the best <laughs> renditions I've ever seen of a, like, you could see also, that also girl in Alex Wolf, body. Uh, with the mole. Oh, yes. He was He's also, also he was in the Jumanji kids. movie. The kids. All so there you the go. Um, but yeah. yeah, then we have uh, Lovecraft Country Woman um, in here with her who is, husband. Who is serving creepy hot girl realness again. Yeah. Uh, yes, like <laughs> so she knows. Came out and I was like, I think I like that actress. I don't know if I like her so much as I think I really dig her very particular brand of like scary doll face. Yeah. And the way like, that she likes She's obviously it. hot. But yeah. in a very creepy way, weird yeah. way. <laughs> she's not conventional. That, she's got that crazy bitch blank stare. That's what it is. Tell you. Like and her eyes are so one. big. It was they a really weird, <laughs> like a really weird shot that M. Night Shyamalan did. But he tried to like capitalize on her face where he like zoomed 
like he had her so close into the camera with the girl back there uh-huh. and like this is when she started aging and she had like the bags and stuff but it was just like is he just like trying to like freak us out by her face alone? I, <laughs> like I, having her face like right in the camera like that I don't know. Um, was, but then we have this rapper whose name is Midsize Sedan. Um, just, who the fuck picked that name? Like, I understand. It just feels like he was making fun of yeah, rapper names like, instead of like coming up with an actual rapper. Like an name. old person jab at rappers also, to me. They ask him what his name is, and his response is Midsize Sedan. <laughs> They do not call themselves their ridiculous name. He like he reveals his name later, yes, so he sure. has a name that he remembers. Uh, in a he panic just... situation, I'm not handing out my stage name. <laughs> I <laughs> mean, <laughs> they just wanted to set up that stupid joke with Gail Garcia Bernal, being like, "So what's his surname, Sedan?" Um, so, yeah. But then, so we have them. We have a uh, do- crazy doctor who is married to Lovecraft Country. His mom. Is is there her dog is there the and dog. then this couple come in late um that we see just inexplicably all right like <laughs> let me just say that right out like they have one guy that's already on the beach midside sedan is already <laughs> on the beach and then they have the two families show up and then they have another two show up late for apparently no reason like because why she had I- a seizure needed to rest no oh she needed sure she needed to rest no i mean like in the context of the film it didn't make any no sense there's a reason why they had to show up late they already did the seizure earlier on in the film great i understand this is her medical condition and that has that gives me the stakes necessary to understand what their issue is there on the beach trapped it I just makes no yeah there's a lot of things in here that just don't really make sense with that wife that comes in late it's another instance of m night Shyamalan trying to like make fun of another profession he tries to make fun of like therapists psychologists, psychologists. Yeah. so he I makes her this all, they're all like, caricature maybe we should all talk about this no yeah, like he makes her uh, this crazy person caricature that's just, i like, am I am one of my dear friends. Shauna is a actual therapist, psychiatrist, or a psychologist. She's master's degree, everything. She is a theater person, so she is in a position where she regularly could be dissecting characters and people and their impulses. And that she actively chooses not to do that because that's a weird, creepy thing to do. And it just gets on people's nerves when they're yes. panicking for their lives. And psychiatrists understand that that's not helpful because they're psychiatrists and they know how people think. Like, so, and he just has weird. her spout weird nonsense. Like, she's, oh, I think we should talk about this. Like, uh, in the There's most, it was so yeah. dumb. It was like really stupid. And he, so he takes jabs at a couple different uh, the professions here <laughs> between rappers and. Uh, but now that I'm saying the doctor that, too, the doctor who is obsessed with his, who's mean and obsessed with his career, like crazy person. That seems to be the indication. He's obsessed with his status and his like his character go down a weird path that does go down a weird not path. necessary. The but, insurance adjuster who goes around and all he does is analyze <laughs> risk. Yeah, again, Gal Garcia Bernal is just like running around no thinking about <laughs> risk percentage, irrelevant to the needs of the plot. And then this little boy 
who has this weird obsession with what's your name and what's your profession, which is only used for a device to come back later in the film. Like it's only introduced so that they could loop it back. But I mean, they, I guess that one was the least offensive because they established was a device, Larry. And I can buy a six-year-old who has a thing that they do with every person. It also like indicates he's a little outgoing, gives you a little bit of character to follow for this child. That one, I will give him a pass on because he at least had a reason for it later on in the film. But these characters are just, they could be interesting, I guess. They could, but, but they, he doesn't. They launched, doesn't. it's how, I don't know how long the movie was like a two hour movie. No, it's like literally an hour. It's just over an hour and a half. It's pretty short. Well, okay. Actually. There you go. I will give him a, a check in the plus <laughs> column for not going on too long. I can appreciate yes. that. It did feel a lot longer than it actually was though. So that's maybe not a good plus. I'm thinking, well, here's the problem. M. Night Shyamalan is not, so he's a good idea person, but he's not a good script writer because this screenplay is a hot freaking mess, no, which garbage. most of his screenplays are not great, but this one is really bad. Like the dialogue is horrible. The, mm-hmm. These actors, they are trying, uh, they do the best they can, but the dialogue they're given is so bad that it never feels natural. It never feels any sort of resemblance of what you would say in the scenario in an actual conversation just living your life none of the dialogue or the way like so let me get a little nerdy here for a second but as an actor one of the things that you could learn of the schools of thought is everything that you need to learn about your character should be there in the script you should be able to get all the clues that you need about your character there in the script this script doesn't give that, them any information about what they're really like as people. There are also lots of contradictory things that don't make a lot of sense. So I, I, I give them props. I mean, first of all, I'm sure they got paid very, very well. Good for them. They're in a very big film. They got made lots of decent money. Good for them. But I, I can imagine struggling with a script like that that doesn't give you any actual information about what you're even supposed to who this person actually is. So they're just having to kind of make it up and make it up and kind of make it fit into this human that doesn't really make any sense at all. And like they're, And that yeah. was my problem is I think the actors did okay, but it's because I'm grading them on a curve um, <laughs> because it was so wooden and stilted, which is partially the dialogue's fault. And then... I just don't think M. Night Shyamalan is great at directing actors either. Like we'll get into we'll get into at. split later, but James McAvoy is just he, a talent that was able to get he also got a more interesting character that he could really dive into. But he's he was able to just go crazy with that and deliver this performance. He, this um, type of characters are not that. And no. and there's there's too many of them. I don't I think you could probably do away with several yeah. characters on the beach and so, so that's so the problem is is then like basically it seems like all of these other characters are there to just like keep the stress levels up and provide potential horror elements later on but he's just doesn't none of the horror elements are even that good so it just ends up, like you don't know anything about these characters so you don't care about them yeah. the the only people you even care about a little bit are the central family it takes a really long time to care about them and you still really don't know very much about them. Like, so it's like M night Shyamalan was that kid who was like, what's your name and occupation? Like that's (laughs) all we know about most of these people on the beach is their name and their occupation. Right. 
I I remember I don't I couldn't tell you anything else about <laughs> Gael Garcia Bernal's character other than an insurance broker, an insurance adjuster, and his and name I, was Guy. Yes, and the wife was she worked in a museum. <laughs> they brought that up several times. She was like an archaeologist, not an archaeologist, but a bone. She studied bones and worked in a museum. Just very conveniently because yes, then they find course, bones naturally. and they're decaying naturally. very fast. It also takes them way too fucking long to understand what's going on. Like, I understand it's a very strange thing and it's like, doesn't really register as a thing that's actually happening, but it is a movie and I do not, I cannot deal with the fact that you literally spent way too many things happened before they figured out. There was like three dead bodies before they figured (laughs) out what was happening. <laughs> and they try to i don't know the characters just act so ridiculous like right off the bat they just start acting ridiculous and you're just like, what the hell? every single character is a caricature more yeah. than an actually fully formed. especially the like the second family the doctor and his like <sighs> yes is it the wife his trophy wife which is that whole family is so weird and i don't understand anything about any of that like no. they they like they did this weird illusion to what like their dynamic might be without giving you any answers at all about what their dynamic actually and she's is. such a character like the moment we meet her that it's immediately like you're like oh okay you know like we know this character because she's a big stereotype and it's apparent immediately when we meet her before we even get to the beach and it's just i don't know it was a little bit off-putting that first scene with her yeah and she's actually <sighs> And then they tried to, uh, I don't know, her character is very strange. Again, like most of them, it's very strange. The doctor and his medical ailment, I thought was unneeded and completely ridiculous. I just, I thought it was (laughs) so poorly handled. And the way it's characterized, M. Night Shyamalan also needs to stay away from mental illness, I think. Absolutely. I was thinking about that. He doesn't doesn't do it right. He doesn't do the research and he mischaracterizes these disorders severely. yeah, you absolutely should not be like, that's a terrible way to depict, uh, we're just going to tell you, yeah. a paranoid schizophrenic. Like was, that is, that is horrible. Uh, people horrible. who are schizophrenic don't, don't act like they don't have a problem and act like dicks to everyone and hide everything. And they also don't like, also like, okay, I'm a big true, true crime nerd, right? So I'm literally listening to these episodes of another podcast last podcast on the left i'm sure you've all heard of it if you're listening to podcasts they're kind of big but they uh it's like an old episode and they're talking they literally are talking about this this serial killer who was a a parent was a schizophrenic and heard voices and was violent and they made sure to be very clear that this is an atypical way for for uh, schizophrenics to act they do not become homicidal they they sometimes hear those voices and they fight against them also, the medications are so good anymore that it's not as big of an issue. And then I go, well, whatever. I can't, we don't, I, we're waiting until the end to talk about all the spoilers and stuff. But Which, it yeah. just was, it's like, it's like offensive. Um, it was, and then the other disorders are also really dodgy. Like my mom is an epileptic who has grand mal seizures. That was dodgy at best, the depiction of those <laughs> And then, yeah, when we get there, the calcium deficiency thing was very <laughs> ridiculous. Like that was the like that was just what are we doing? Used to build a human monster thing, I guess. It was I don't freaking no, and it unneeded. And then also, 
their science behind it was like, it didn't make any sense. It's like, how come our hair and our nails aren't growing? Well, they're dead cells. That's also not like scientifically accurate. That is not really, the, it's a different type of cell. So they had a joke in here, but the joke was a little bit too self-referential. So there's a joke and it did make me laugh uh, where mid-sized sedan turns to the only other black woman on this beach. And it's like, oh, now that we're aging uh, rapidly, is the only time in their lives they're going to wish they were black, um, which I thought was just a funny joke. I thought it was okay, good. That was, yes, that was a solid joke. But... This mid-sized sedan, we've already established, he was already on the beach. So he had been on this beach a good at least 12 hours prior to anybody else arriving on the beach. And he did not change because we see him. We see him at the beginning of this film before everybody else arrives. And then we see him the next day aged zero. And all throughout his time in this film, he doesn't age even in the slide and no like white on the temples, nothing. Gael Garcia Bernal aged very little uh, to the point where we get to, you know, kind of the natural arc of his character. And he pretty much looks the same. Same thing with his wife. She aged very little. So the aging process was very strange to me. Some people age rapidly. The doctor already started pretty old. Um, yeah. And... <laughs> should have been damn near decrepit like uh i don't know what's going on so the aging also was all over the place wonky and ridiculous there was no rhyme or reason and that's what really gets me in films is set up your rules and then play by your rules i don't care what your rules are your rules yeah yeah set up whatever rules you want this is fantasy this is make-believe but you have to establish those rules and then you have to stay within them for your world and we don't do that here there's no rules they establish rules and try to tell you and then they just throw that out the window <laughs> yeah which is is absolutely and my Shyamalan's like mo is like yeah. he invents rules just like as appropriate for the moment in the joke that he needs and then he throws it away when it is like inconvenient for tying up the loose ends of his shitty story I feel like with M. Night Shyamalan, it's like that case. Uh, it's like George Lucas syndrome where like he he doesn't nobody. He has so much money and so much clout that when he sits and makes a movie, nobody tells him this is stupid. This yeah. doesn't make any sense. It's like he writes the first draft of his film and is like, <laughs> masterpiece, I'm done. And nobody looks at it. Nobody gives him any feedback. He does not workshop it in, in any way, shape, or form. He is so utterly convinced of his genius that he has no way of like sitting down and evaluating whether or not the shit makes sense. Yeah. Like, <sighs> it is it is to his grand deficit yeah. that he did well with his first two two films after that it was like eh, and yeah, then it's like a so... hard slide downwards so Ugh. let's yeah. give you so the spoiler movie. warning we're gonna give you the spoiler warning spoiler now warning. we're gonna get spoilers. into all the spoilers including the twist so click away if you have not watched and care about spoilers if we don't care about spoilers and haven't watched stick around so you've now been warned. Let's talk about first the horror aspects because they are a big problem for me in this film too. Is everything that tries to come off as horror just comes across goofy. Like it's unintentionally funny 
rather than any sort of scary. We talked about that body horror before with that wife. It was ridiculous and it didn't even look very good the cg didn't look very good it wasn't very it wasn't very scary and it also made no sense her bones broke and they automatically fused in the wrong position i'm sorry so then the girl who fell off the cliff presumably all of her shit should have healed almost immediately because apparently that's how these cells work in this realm what (laughs) then like by the time she's done she's literally a tangled mess which you're just like how did this even happen like you know like she just starts flailing around like does she just start doing this so breaking her own bones because it's that easy just to (laughs) smack your arm against like is she she has a calcium deficiency i'm not sure she's not mr glass (laughs) that's not how this works that is a disease that happens to people sometimes that is not the disease you gave her um yeah and then they don't i mean i guess they try to save themselves later when they talk about how their blood thinning blood patient was ruined to their study but his nose is just like running for all this time out on this beach with mid-sized sedan and it's just like what is going on this was a deep problem that i had with the movie is like okay so at the end you find out that it's just a whole medical study that it's a a fast-tracked medical study that's non-consensual first of all that is not how medicine works at all no doctor no certainly no horde of human beings would do harm do harm and when they're they're a bunch of crazy people doctors that many with the idea that they're doing this for the greater good. Like, obviously we are all like, yes, obviously it's to sell medicines, but they are like framing it as it's for the greater good. Yes. And they don't tell you this until the very, very end of the film. So you don't spend any time dealing with the possibly interesting consequences or thought processes of this greater good idea. They also don't like give you any clues at all. Like I hate when movies just give you the ending without giving you any information at all. Like I don't, I don't care now. I, this is unrelated. This is literally unrelated. You basically just answered the question about exposition from the beginning of the film now. And it's not really a twist. It wasn't a twist. It was an explanation (laughs) of his film at the last possible minute. Like the clues were that somebody's watching them. That was the clue that you were supposed to get, which is nothing. And the assumption was clearly they're watching them to see what happens. I don't need to. Great. That's not a twist, Shyamalan. That's not new information. M. Night Shyamalan, you are not an actor. He's not Uh, allowed to be in his films. Oh, my God. This You can have one cameo. You can have maybe one little cameo and that's it. No, you know why he does that, Larry? This vain motherfucker (laughs) thinks he's an auteur fucking filmmaker like Alfred fucking Hitchcock and puts himself in a cameo in all of his films because he's an auteur and it's his thing. Fuck you, you stupid asshole. Get out of your own films because I don't want to see your stupid face. Not takes you out. Like it takes you out of any sort of moment you're in anyway. Like as soon as he throws himself in there, I'm like, fine, you can be the stupid bus driver, whatever. Also in it for way too long. This this is not a cameo. This was like he gave himself a supporting role in the film. (laughs) 
And that's not okay. He's not good. And it does not need to be a supporting member in any film, including your own Shyamalan. So also (laughs) his character doesn't make any sense either. Okay, so he's the van driver and he's the dude that sits and observes all the time. Like this is not how jobs work. This is not how research works. This is just so the the twist doesn't make any sense and is stupid and makes a little bit of sense but is not like interesting or like shocking in any way and then what happens form. after the twist also make does not interesting like it's not an interesting follow-up to the big reveal like after that i don't know you just have these two 50 year olds bumping bumping into this woman who is apparently she's in on the whole thing and has some role, but she also is like waitress who brings them out their medicine beverages that they need. So then I was so confused because after she gets bumped by the six-year-old, now 50-year-old who escapes the island, she sits there in her chair, just like staring wide-eyed. And I'm like, what the hell's wrong with this woman? Like, is she also an experiment and just got exposed? Like, what? (laughs) I guess why, she felt why guilty, did we have this or shot? maybe she's just afraid now. Maybe he just wanted to show her fear that she was about to get like, okay, sorry, going back to why this is not how any of this works. So they make a point. They do say this thing at the last minute, which is, I don't think that we should be mixing our homicide, our, uh, our mental health patients and our physical health patients. It's costing us data because the one character with his schizophrenic, paranoia ends up murdering another character and then trying to kill another one. If they are actually scientists, they are not leaving things that can destroy their data just there to do it. I don't think we're going to change the protocols, but you can submit a memo. Shut (laughs) up, you stupid (laughs) asshole. Shyamalan, do some fucking research, please. Like, here's the thing. I don't need, I don't need my filmmakers to stick like hardcore to reality in every single topic that they decide to delve into. I do need to know them to know at like a base level. I am not a scientist. I know at a base level, (laughs) they don't let just willy nilly the the problems with their controls just fuck around. What? What? That's terrible. They're trying to figure out how these diseases affect these people long term. And they're literally letting an entire an entire human lab rat die because (laughs) it's better to leave the mental health patients on a beach together and not interfere at all, I guess. Also, I don't understand why they can't interfere at all. Why can't they? They've already decided they don't give a shit about these people. (laughs) At the very least, like, do they care about their data? Apparently not that either. And it's also not clear. So it's then implied that obviously they give the epileptic patient medicine because they reference back that she lasted a long time. But again- It's not, it's, I then went to the assumption that that drink they're given is their medication for their infliction, but she has a seizure after she arrives. So it doesn't work immediately, that beverage, or did they give her her epilepsy medicine after she has this seizure? It doesn't make sense. Great question. Uh, also, <laughs> the, uh, the woman, the woman who is sick in the family has yes. a tumor and it's benign. They've been they've told they, they say it regularly. 
it's benign. It's benign. It's not a problem. And it's just apparently going to get taken out. So first of all, she shouldn't be a fucking candidate. And then all of a sudden, this tumor that they've said is benign (laughs) is now growing. And now it's the size of a cantaloupe. It's gone so fast. It's killing her. Now we have to do it. So they actually, they triggered this benign tumor into being cancerous tumor. Like, right? They're trying to solve a medical problem that is solved. Exist. Uh, <laughs> that does not need to be solved. Um, they have this other woman who has her calcium deficiency, right? Oh. We went over this, which they don't really cover. All they do is like they have like a moment where she tells her daughter to sit up straight. And I think she says like one thing about calcium and not like you don't want to be a, a hunchback. Oh and then all of a sudden, as time <laughs> goes on, she's a fucking hunchback. I hated that callback so much. Like out of all the callbacks that happened in this film, her telling her daughter to sit up straight and then her becoming a hunchback was the most annoying thing ever. She also like, okay, there's none of these characters are developed at all, but her shitty husband says like in his, for, okay, so- <laughs> Go, sorry, I got to go even further back about how this doesn't make any sense. So they all get into a circle at some point and they're like, okay, we're all sick. Everybody's <laughs> sick. Let's all talk about, let's like pinpoint what's going on. We're all sick. <laughs> and they, the doctor and the wife, they don't, she says, we've been having a hard time. The two of us, well, don't say anything. So it's clearly implied that it's like relationship problems. And that's why they're on a vacation. Why they refuse to tell anyone he's a paranoid schizophrenic and maybe that's something we should address doesn't make any sense it doesn't make any freaking sense the movie legit just makes it seem like relationship because even the mom early on is like oh i know you've been having a hard time and it makes it seem like the wife is just coming to the mom with like relationship or like our marriage is you know he seems jealous like they they kind of instill that weird jealousy but that just seems like relationship problems and then it devolves into paranoid schizophrenia oh we were hiding paranoid schizophrenia the whole time why 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 were you Doing that. Everybody else has literally gone around this impromptu therapy circle uh, to reveal their diseases. And yeah. then there's you who also, refuse. Sorry, going back a little bit further into the why of this whole situation. Why do they need the children on the beach too? If this is a medical experiment thing, okay, I understand. And they're giving away sweepstakes tickets specifically and targeting these people with diseases. They can give them two tickets. They can give them a ticket just for themselves and one other person they're okay killing. Why do they need to bring the children? They like clearly know that the children are going to be a thing because they bring a whole bunch of extra food for the children as their mass is increasing or whatever. Also, I don't know if I believe that a couple of six-year-olds will figure out sex on their own within a few hours. I hated that so much. And I also hated the explanation of like your mind growing, being colors. Like all of them were just, I have so many more colors in my head. Oh God. I hated yes. It. What is that? It was a dumb ass. Like I hated it. They, I would have, you, they would have sped so fast through all of that. Like I, I the maximum that I got, <laughs> like here's what I, I did enjoy, but this again, it's like, he doesn't know what he wants the tone of his yeah. fucking film to be. So she's pregnant. They realize he's pregnant and the kid starts freaking out and being like, I'm going to marry her like like i understand that like that to me makes sense is the like extreme emotions extreme mood swings make sense (laughs) to me from a like i am suddenly experiencing sex all of you at once was very weird i 
also, also, he says, what you did is how you make a baby. Oh, yeah, I knew that. I just thought you had to do it like 10 times. Why does your six-year-old know how to make a baby? And then he follows that up, though, and is like, oh, yeah, we never really got to talk about this. So if you never got to talk about this, how the hell does he know this? Like, it just is so ridiculous. He doesn't. The script makes zero sense. sense. Like, the script (laughs) is literal nonsense. It's garbage. Like, the screenplay for this film is absolutely terrible. And it just does make it so much more frustrating because there is that one scene at the end of the second act where the family, after after we finally have gotten rid of all of the filler characters and it's just the family and they have this moment by the campfire our actors get to like actually show more range and really yeah. connect with each other yeah. it suddenly is like wow this is like That's okay the most effective, this is the, the family scene yes. of the whole film mm-hmm. why couldn't we just have this it just shows you if we had just focused on the family it yeah. would have been so much more i also felt like there were so many missed opportunities like my thought was you know, she's got this tumor. If this tumor was actually malignant and she thought she was going to die, then there is actually something interesting to think about in terms of like, maybe she wished she could have watched her children grow old and now it's happening. And oh my gosh, it's actually a nightmare. I didn't mean for this to happen. That would have been a really interesting take, a really interesting. And I thought that was the direction. Silly me. I thought... (laughs) For a second that he knew anything about how to tell a story i just it makes you wish <laughs> that film i was watching one it makes you wish maybe a smaller studio like an a24 or something yeah. had, had gotten a hold of this idea uh because they would have they would have dared to go there because i yeah. feel like you have this pressure in the bigger studios where it has to be some sort of mainstream horror so you add in all these extra characters because hey it's a horror film we have to have fodder to kill like there has to be expendable people all around us to kill that nobody really cares about um and then that a a more capable director writer uh could have come up and stripped away the nonsense and got to the core of what was here which was really interesting and could have been this great film i'm now like really curious because i i saw in the credits that it's based on a graphic novel i'm actually really curious to read the graphic novel because then maybe the story is i imagine (sighs) That story must be decent if it was like big enough that someone saw it and then was like, this would make Part of you wonders if maybe, well, not with his script. That's the thing is I'm like, if it was a different person adapting. Maybe, but not with my night Well, because I was like, maybe it needed to be closer to two hours because if you're adapting that material, maybe there was more in there that... You just could have had no. something, but Shyamalan's script he didn't was so have... bad that I don't want two hours of it. You it, know, is like... very, it is literally like he sits down at a typewriter and just <laughs> types out the whole thing. I bet he hands it to someone with typos and all and is like, this is my script. It's done. I don't think he plots anything out. I don't think he even like, if you, I, well, I have written some very complicated scripts before and i like if there's like characters that are related to this character i do like a whole map i try and figure out like what my frame is how things are going to be organized i don't think he does any of that shit i think he just sits down and starts writing (laughs) and then it's like done and he's like that's great i finished the script and now i'm gonna go make a bunch of money off of it because my because i did two good films and now people are just watching my film to see how crappy the next one's gonna be i will say 
if this film has one thing going for it, it definitely kind of falls into that so bad that you can have fun. Oh yeah, you're right. Yes, you yeah, can. I would it, that. it falls into that category. Like close, yes, yeah. it's pretty bad. It's not good at all. It also yeah. It is so <laughs> unintentionally funny mm-hmm. and ridiculous that there is funny... fun to be had there. Yes. It's also like funny in places it shouldn't be funny when it's intentioned oh to be funny. So it's like that's funny. That's just like. Yeah. Like when mid-size sedan, listen, when, <laughs> so this dead woman washes up on the shore, just says, this mid-size sedan comes from the other side of the beach, walks over to look at the dead body. Damn. Like the, the most, <laughs> the first, like, yeah, like three it's things he so says, damn. ridiculous and outrageous that yeah. it's like, you can't help but laugh. Like, it's like, <laughs> what the, what? Okay, uh, <laughs> sir, that's the woman you were with last night. Damn. <laughs> but he's oh, not even a little bit not shook. shook at all. He's not even shaking. His blood is his nose has been running all night and he's just like, I don't know why he's been doing that. Doing that for a while. What? It's like so, I mean, okay, midsize. We're gonna need you to take a seat. But it's just so ridiculous and ludicrous that I mean, if you go in and laugh, I also think the, <laughs> the ending the the ending is a straight like Deus Ex Machina, like it is full on like, oh, he left me a secret note. Everybody's dead, but I just remembered the secret note that well, tells me the answer to the problem so that would have saved everyone's lives. The only thing I liked about that, so I thought it was going to be more direct. I was at least glad that maybe there was a chance that six-year-old kid wouldn't get it, would just be like, okay, and like throw it away or something. Um, that was the only thing with that damn note because I, sure. when they were like, oh, there's a note. I thought it was legit going to be like, go through the coral, <laughs> swim to the coral and escape. <laughs> at least it was like, my uncle doesn't like coral. Uh, so maybe the kid would have been like, oh, Okay, and like throwing it or something because it's kind of vague. But also, they're all like, "Let's swim all the way around." Nobody sees the coral the whole movie. They even mention it. Somebody's like, "Oh, look at the coral." They're trying. Also, that coral looks teams to go search for ways to leave, and nobody looks at coral. Oh my gosh! I'm sorry to this that husband man, that Asian husband. He was terrible. Like, so we can give the other people some credit. He was so bad in his line delivery. Also, M. Night Shyamalan. I appreciated some of the visual stuff he tried to do. He tried to create, like, this kind of frenetic, disorienting camera work, which was whatever. And I liked the surround sounds thing he did. Sure. I hated, though, the sound mix. The way that the, the he cut in the voices that were clearly dubbed and clearly just this weird in a studio was horrible. It was like amateur level sound mix that I could not believe my ears was happening. And the main one was that Asian man sitting there. Oh, I can go swim around this thing. Like, I don't even know what, I don't know what his character was doing. And I thought he was terrible. And the actor, I'm sorry, sir, but also, it, no. What the hell? He's like, does anybody here think they can swim around? <laughs> They get they throw that idea away, and then like and a later. couple hours later, he's like, "I'm gonna swim around. I was on the swim team. I'm gonna be fine." Why were you asking everyone else then, man? Why didn't you volunteer the first time you fucking said it? Also, he proposes this thing way well, early on, 
of let's yeah let's try and get out slowly who wants to give up 20 years of our lives and we just disregard that as a possibility altogether even though they've all now realized they're stuck there no matter what i think i would have absolutely have given up a theoretical 20 years of my life to just make sure i lived through the day especially like him instead of swimming around trying to like swim into this current why don't you try your other idea that's slowly walk just start slowly walking and see if it works rather than the risk of you passing out while you're (laughs) swimming and drowning also (laughs) where the pool noodles come from all of a sudden she's like lashing them together like it's a wrap like she's figured it out and then she brings up this sister that hasn't been referred to at all like also a psychologist it's so much nonsense this is a terrible film it is a terrible yeah i didn't like it coming out but it's gotten worse and worse it's like it got like worse and worse yeah. and worse for me yes. since I've watched yes. it. Yes. The more well, I let's... talk about it, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, and why was that? <sighs> and that didn't make any sense either. And why? No, the whole thing just makes no sense. And <laughs> so... to anybody listening to me screeching about this film right now, because it's so very upsetting. How let's talk about is. some some other upsetting films also directed by the man <laughs> really known as M. Right. Shyamalan. So really quick, while I had to sit and think about this, right? So I had to watch so I stopped watching at the village i saw the village in theaters and it was one of the few experiences where i was like (laughs) angry when i left because it was so bad and i like felt like i had been robbed of my time um i was upset about the village from the very beginning and i was thinking about like why is the sixth i love the sixth sense is incredible unbreakable is incredible those are two fans those are some unbreakable is possibly one it's like it was, it was one of my favorite movies, just period. I really, really like that film. But then by signs, it gets weird. And it's like, okay. And then The Village came out right after that and it was horrible. And here's what I figured out. This is my thought. Okay. In the first two films, he actually gives a shit about the characters and developing the characters themselves. You actually care about Bruce Willis in both of those films. And you know, you follow his arc. You understand what he's struggling with. You have something to follow. You have an entire person to care about. And after those films, he completely forgot how to make his characters live at the center of his stories. He got so wrapped up in making a story happen that he forgot about the part that actually makes people give a shit about his movies. And I, I think those Oscar of, nominations with the sixth sense. Yeah. I, I think a lot of it would have been a lot of his movies. Uh, listen, the plots are pretty terrible, but even like, this is why science still kind of sits on that edge mm-hmm. because at least Mel Gibson's character in signs has some development. You understand his past, you know a little bit more about who he is as a person. And so you're a little bit more invested in it, except for the fact that like also who he is as a person is like completely irrelevant to the plot then as we go along. Um, And that's one of the twists that definitely kind of brings the film down a little bit for me. Um, It's also this weird religious thing in signs that it's kind of like, okay, well, uh, and that's, (laughs) I think the religious thing is even worse. Well, no, the, the aliens being allergic to water is is crazy. That is absolute buffoonery. Like fucking, so this is superior race that can 
can intergalactically travel decided to, to invade a planet that was 80 percent water <laughs> just, i mean that twist is so dumb but everything before there with the actual signs all of that mystery works really well so at least everything up until that just being mm-hmm. complete nonsense so, is investing okay. so uh, yeah so i think my problem with um with the village from the from the oh very God. beginning was that like it was it was very clear from the beginning that it was just like a disjointed mess like i i saw the <laughs> coming from a mile away because i was like what is the time period this doesn't make any sense yeah. i don't know what their outfit is i don't know what this <laughs> music is what the hell are they even talking about what place is this this is not the setting has not been established at all and that yes that was the whole thing was that it was like oh it's hot it's not the past (laughs) i will say having uh, come up in the philadelphia uh, theater community it is always nice to kind of like have that little bit of a philadelphia vibe from him but also it's a little embarrassing every time also, I just needed to point out that uh, in in old going back, they say the address of where they live. It's like nine oh nine Pine Street or like seven oh seven Pine Street. Larry, that's not. I mean, that's a place where <laughs> the millionaires lived. Live that that is not an right. area where like a family living in Philadelphia lives. <laughs> oh, okay. There. He's filmed there. It's like he opened a Google map and was like, Pine Street, Ninth and Pine. There we go. Oh, my God. But no, and then the village is also kind of offensive because, like, the the beast that they've been scared of this whole time is, like, a disabled person. He, okay, all right. I will tell So I'll tell you. I So because I went to college in Philadelphia, one of my media teachers had worked on M. Night Shyamalan films. She was Pakistani. And she told me that M. Night Shyamalan is one of the most horrifically racist people she has ever encountered on a film set. <laughs> she, so one of the things she, she I, I know, one of the things she said that I always remember is that he was like, I really want some Chinese people with the Chinese hat. You know what I'm talking about? With the Chinese hat for the village. And she, <laughs> this is horrifying. So I just have, he just is so like anybody with any sort of disability, he's just so offensive toward. Can we cancel our nice Shyamalan already, please? Can we cancel him because he is an insensitive piece of shit? No, we can't because he's a person of color, I guess. Uh, No, we can't. He's one of the only people of color who like has made a successful, uh, like commercially of that damn sixth sense, particularly for a such a long time. Like he's made a whole career based on the sixth sense alone. Yeah. Like Unbreakable wasn't a big enough hit, like financially to really be like that too. But artistically, yes. So artistically he started so strong. That, that's, that's what you need to know, Larry, is all you need to do is bust out the gate with one <laughs> kick-ass film that you spent a lot of time and thought on. And then you don't have to try anymore. You can just do whatever the fuck you want. Then even after that. that. Sorry, only if you're a man. If you're a woman and you bust out the gate with a kick-ass film, it doesn't matter. Maybe. (laughs) We'll see you in a decade. (laughs) Like the lady who directed Boys Don't Cry and then didn't work for nine years. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, M. Night Shyamalan for making a film every year for the last few decades. But then after freaking The Village, he just continued on. We had The Happening, 
which is a ridiculous twist again with Mark Wahlberg. And then we have The Lady in the Water, which is one of his worst films. If not, I mean, it's right up there with the worst of his worst and another very strange twist, Paul Giamatti. I actually just said this because I just watched Jungle Cruise and talked about it because Paul Giamatti is in that film. When Paul Giamatti is on, he's really good. When he is off, He's almost unbearable to watch. Like he is so bad when he misses in a film. <laughs> and he's not quite that bad in The Lady in the Water. Oh God. But the and then M. Night Shyamalan has a very like too prominent of a role in Lady in the Water. It's just terrible. So then what does he do? He goes to adapting and tries to adapt Avatar The Last Airbender. <laughs> okay, I watched that one. Like I tell you, the very first thing I thought, like the very first scene, I was like, why are the Inuits white people? Why on earth would he make that decision? Avatar The Last Airbender absolutely should have no white people in it, period. Like, there's just no reason for it. It actually <laughs> logically doesn't make any sense for there to be white people in that film. Like, the areas that they visit are... are No. Also, it's an Asian like a television show, Asian cartoons being adapted. Why on earth would you do this? He just took Again. all of the lore, like any of the lore, all of what people loved about the property and throw it into the trash and just had them like kind of pushing it. <laughs> also the goddamn narcissistic gall to set that up as if he was sure he was going to get a second film. After that, everybody was so like, that's the one that makes the most people the most angry just because Avatar has such a huge, like crazy fan base. Yeah. And they're like this trash. I haven't never watched a lot of the episodes. I've probably seen maybe like six from the first season. But even that was clearly better I mean, than this shit. So this was like, so Avatar The Last and Airbender, while I was watching it, it was like, it's like one of those kids films that's just like kind of a garbage film, but it's like a kids film. And so you can understand why like, yeah. it's fine for children. Like they don't need a lot in their films. So it doesn't really matter that it doesn't make a lot of sense and the acting isn't very good and it's kind of crappy special effects. Children are fine with it. But it's a fucking M. Night Shyamalan film. Like, you can pay a B-grade director and put, like, next to no money into a that level of children's movie quality and probably still get a better was, result. Yeah, still getting good budgets because after this is when his budget started to decrease because <laughs> uh, this bombed so hard and the fan base wasn't that yet again you have to know who you're making the movie for and you're making the movie for the show's fans <laughs> they're old enough to watch this and be like what the hell that's how, you know <laughs> that's how you know it's trash the fact that like it had a built-in base and the built-in base just rejected it flat out. We're like, absolutely <laughs> no. not. Just Fuck bad. you and the shitty typewriter you oh. wrote in on. But he then, is oh my God. a monster. Then, then after that, he wrote The Devil, which is terrible. He didn't direct it, but he wrote that damn screenplay, which is terrible. And then we get to After Earth, which I mentioned before. And I think this was the last like big budget movie he had. It starred Will Smith and his son. And it was like this vanity project for Will Smith's son to kick off his career. And it's just a sci-fi. And if, 
I can't even remember much else to tell you about it because it's just so boring. It's just Will Smith and his son running around on this planet. Uh, they went into the like hours. concept room in there. So it's Will Smith and his son. <laughs> Period. That, that was the pitch. That was the whole pitch. It didn't work. It did not launch Will Smith's son's acting career at all. But then people stopped giving him money and he had to go back to a low budget and he got the visit. So his budget was scaled way down so again. The visit down. was not, okay, the visit was not terrible, but it wasn't good. It, it was like another, like, it was like, not, it was like supposed to be scary, but wasn't actually scary. And the thing that I liked the best about it was one, Catherine Hahn, and two, all of the Philadelphia references. Like, other than that, I like watching them drive in actual South Philly. I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> right. I know that's it. Yeah, uh, that's, his, oh, his budget got station. I've been there. Yeah. Um, he was like, okay, let's visit. go shoot in my neighborhood. Yeah. And like, yeah, the visit doesn't make any sense. <sighs> the visit? So Literally. the visit at least is so kitschy. Like, if you spend the whole <laughs> movie making it seem like they're aliens or monsters from another planet and they're just homicidal maniacs. They're just Why crazy, is he shitting in his diapers? Listen, but that shit, okay, I mean, it's disgusting, but I hollered. Like, <laughs> that was like, when he did that to that little boy, uh, one, I couldn't quite believe my eyes, but I <laughs> Oh, my man. favorite was when he like, like the kid like loses like literally yes. loses his shit and oh, was like, like a screaming. Yeah. <laughs> to me, the visit is one of his more successful films because he really leans into the ridiculous. Like that is the one film where he really like has a little bit more fun um, in his filmmaking. He lets these old people just run around, act crazy. Like that grandma. I mean, she kills it in that movie. I think she is just acting so crazy. Like, oh, with that damn oven. <laughs> he, like, does... He does... I, it seems like he doesn't know what kind of a movie he wants to make. He doesn't know if he wants it to be a horror or he wants it to be a comedy. Like a dark comedy. You no, know, I think he... Here's what... I, I think he wants to write horror comedy. He just is bad at it. Like, he doesn't know when the comedy should happen and when the horror should he doesn't understand that the comedy <laughs> horror thing is about like building the tension and when to snap it at just the right point with a joke he does he doesn't understand he watched, so he's the, watched sam raimi he just doesn't yes. know how to execute sam raimi. yeah he's he's watched all of the um the, not what oh my the god what's dead. his name Oh, uh, no, no, no. I, I was saying all of, like, Shaun of the Dead. Um, oh, oh, yeah, the... Uh, the Cornetto yes. Trilogy. Cornetto watched trilogy everything in the Cornetto Trilogy, and he's like, I can do that. No, you cannot. No, no. You but cannot. then we decide to start making sequels. Uh, so then he jumps back into the sequel game. Well, really his only sequel game. And he makes Split and follows that up to a trilogy for Glass. So Split is not really a sequel, to unbreakable let's just be clear canyon piece they introduce it very slightly and then glass is very clearly meant to tie the two together so, so depiction aside i enjoy split 
for the most part. I will fully acknowledge that is a terrible representation of this disorder. He gave James McAvoy's character, but damn, does James McAvoy sell the hell out of it? <laughs> James McAvoy, it, uh, it, James McAvoy gets to sit and then just act his pants off. That is that is fun to watch. It's just yes. it is always good to watch a good actor work and do good work. Yeah, kill. But kill. the plot is stupid and i don't care <laughs> like it's so it's so minimal he kidnapped this girl and he's gonna kill her but he's got a split personality and so some of the personalities want to kill her and some don't and there's this weird religious attachment to one of the alter egos that is the beast and like that's it he doesn't uh, it's so disappointing to see all of the missed opportunities that if he had anybody else that he handed his script to before he turned it in to the studio could say, I really like this thing that you're doing here with the religious aspects and how that could, that kind of creates this cult mentality. Maybe you explore that a little bit more in this film and kind of focus on that instead of trying to be scary. Cause this isn't really that scary. Um, and then you finally watched the glass for the finally first watched time. Glass, which so I but like I said, I really liked Unbreakable. I liked mm-hmm. it a lot. Um, Split was decent. Glass was fine. Um, I think I'm tired of Sarah Paulson. I think she just like does the same thing all the Brand. fucking time, and I don't How dare you, Brand. I know <laughs> it's just such an American what? horror story. Show me now. one fucking thing that she has done that is different. It is always <laughs> wide-eyed, serious face. Stop, Brad. Please. my heart. We love Sarah Paulson here. She's fine. This is the same we thing all the time. I don't care anymore. Stop. Do something Stop. new. Do something interesting. <laughs> I just don't ever feel like, okay. So that's whatever. Fine. I also, I can't, again, missed opportunities. There's interesting things happening with this gaslighting aspect of glass. They're literally gaslighting these superheroes. I know that some people said that they didn't like that the, sorry, spoiler alert. They didn't like that the ending of glass was that superheroes are real. Like they thought that was like a weird cop out. Um, I'm okay with that. I, I I, I like the tone. I, I like the concept and I don't think he did a terrible job of executing the concept of what if superheroes are real and what if superheroes started to exist in real life again. And in a more realistic manner. Like these yeah. aren't Superman, super, you know, they're, they're superheroes yeah. in like super people who are just like just a step or two above mm-hmm. your average human. I, I, think, I think Bruce Willis is... I see he always is the same Bruce thing and Willis. I don't care. That's fun see? to watch. <laughs> see, Ren? No, Bruce Willis is not always fun to watch. Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Bruce Willis has got a lot more charm than Sarah Paulson does. It's not her fault. She never plays a character that is charming, but he does. So maybe oh, if they God. would if they would start shifting her one character into charming <laughs> a little bit, it would be more fun to watch her. But Samuel Jackson gets to play into this character, which I enjoy because it is a little bit yes. different than his usual character. Yes. Samuel Jackson often plays the same, but his is he just so damn this, charismatic. This that, is oh, and this is what uh so we can talk about that. We should totally do a Tim Burton thing at some point, the hot mess of uh Miss Peregrine's uh, oh. particular <laughs> children. But like his Mr. Glass is like what that character should have been in Mrs. in the uh, Peculiar Children. So that also just kind of makes me sad that he that it was just like a total again 
missed opportunities. Tim Burton finally has a black person in his film, and it's a complete missed opportunity. <laughs> and it's the worst, yeah, the worst way to do the character but all I the way he around. was really good. I'm glad he showed up. Um, I don't really think Samuel L. Jackson really phones it in like other actors. I mean, he's in a million and one films, but he's always fun. No matter what film you put him in, Samuel right. Jackson is having fun getting that paycheck. Unlike a lot of these other older actors who do a million films who you could clearly see are like, okay, well, <laughs> let's go. No, he yeah. has fun. And I think he does a great job here. I love Anya Taylor-Joy too. I just wish, I mean, I guess I don't wish she was in it more, her character. And all of their outside characters are almost useless, like Glass's mom mm-hmm. and her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and is it, who's the other one that's out there? Uh, the, son. the son. Um, yeah. And it's kind of like, eh. Who's, I do like I that mean, they're okay. the real actor, the little kid actor came back yes. for yeah, yeah. Uh, Glass. I, and I believe I the like, mom too, right? Uh, I think it's Samuel Jackson, the same mom yeah. is back again, which is fun and They did too. the flashbacks and stuff. I, I, I think that trilogy is one of his more his more effective pieces yeah. of film. It seems like he didn't try so hard to give everything a twist, which yeah, is the nice. Twist- in each one, the twists are minor. Like yes. Unbreakable, the twist is very minor. Like yeah. I guess it's building up to it, but yeah. they do so much to to lead you to that that you're okay. Same thing with Split. The twist is that oh, the beast is real when they're making it seem like maybe not. So it's not really a twist because we've been talking about it the whole time. Yeah. And then in Glass, the twist is superheroes do exist after we've yes. been gaslighted. For well, the it's movie. also the, the big twist is also that Glass, like Glass, is the evil villain in the whole time but um already like (laughs) we may have suspected already but you know um yeah and then they brought that back again in uh in glass and are like and also he killed the beast's father (laughs) okay um, yeah. I mean, there's still goofy stuff. Let's let's be clear. This is, is particularly split in glass are still very much in the M Night Shyamalan I, realm I, and has yes. goofy stuff that sneak its way in. Yeah, I, I do. I do like. I also like the message of what if you are, what if you actually believed in your ability to reach your full potential. I just that is a nice idea. He it's. <laughs> He has these grains, these grains of things that make you think for two seconds and then something stupid happens on screen and you forget about that. That's what makes Shyamalan one of probably one of the most frustrating directors working is because outside of the last airbender and after earth which have no no thought like there's no there's you don't need to think about those films even an iota period. Every one of his other films, eh, I don't know about The Visit either. That one doesn't really have things that make you think too much afterwards. But everything else has like this grain oh, of Hold on to your anger. That was, that was the summary of The stop, Visit. Stop. <laughs> but the okay. rest of them all have like that interesting bottom line that could have been a great film. Like he could have this like amazing, you know, legendary run of films if all of his ideas had just been executed. And unfortunately, only two of them were. (laughs) He had handed his scripts to one other person. It it just seems very clear to me that it's straight full on like vanity. There's so many things that any number of people with even a bare minimum of training would be able to like catch and say, this isn't quite reading. This doesn't quite make enough sense. This is a hole here. He just, 
so many holes. I think I will say I think old has has some of the the most holes. Old and like the village. I did not see Lady in the Water. I imagine that has a ton of fucking holes in it yes. too. And that has it one of the worst. Feel like twists. I was just running through a road full of potholes <laughs> when I was watching Glass and Split. At the very least, he like picked one idea and he knew here where he was going with it the whole time. So it was fine. I'm really confused. Like now that we've gone through, this is definitively for me, this is old is Shyamalan's worst film since After Earth. I think it's worse than The Visit. I think it's worse than Glass. I think it's worse than Split. Um, I don't know if I think it's worse than After Earth because After Earth is such nothing that I hardly remember. It's not It's not as bad as A- Avatar, The Last Airbender. It's not as bad as The Visit. I mean, not The doesn't, Visit, the, the Village. Doesn't it get raised just a little bit above After Earth because it's actually moved into yeah, like so bad? I think it's so. Probably, yeah. And it's not just like of clear vehicle to launch his son's career like so i mean it's better than the village it's better than the lady in the water i would say it's probably better than the happening as well because again i had some fun so uh, i guess it's in the top half of shawl's filmography (laughs) and you heard how we ranted about it so that tells you about this filmography but there are people who are defending this thing to the ends of the earth. Why? It doesn't think- make any sense. <laughs> people, and that's why what I was talking about M. Night Shyamalan. I don't understand. Listen, who is, I need you to like go on film Twitter. Twitter. I need who you is- to go on to film Twitter. Ren, what? we need to incorporate you onto film Twitter. Go ahead. Because there are tons <laughs> of people who are like avid defenders of old, particularly. And that's why I was saying we, because I feel like a collective film Twitter for sure, wants... Shyamalan to succeed because he's one of the few directors coming up with original ideas still. Yeah. But this is because you're all in an abusive know. relationship with M. Night Shyamalan, where he was so nice. He was so good to you at the beginning. You know he can be good again if you just keep <laughs> on giving him another chance. He no, you- I've been in abusive relationships. It never gets better. Just he walk you- away. <laughs> he gives you a compliment or two in each film. Like he- he's nice yes. to you for a little bit yes. of each film to like maybe he's changing he says baby I'm gonna take you on this really cool date (laughs) listen to my idea and then you go on the date and it's actually kind of shitty the whole time you've actually been led to a beach that makes you get old yeah you liked that he took you out to do this cool thing yeah Yeah. so I think we're both in agreement signs and unbreakable are definitively far and away his top two best films then I think we're in agreement probably that sorry Sixth Sense. Sorry, what? Unbreakable. Oh Sixth Sense. Signs is like no, no, no. third. Sixth Sense and yeah. Unbreakable are definitively like, his science? top two. No, no, no. no, no. no. <laughs> and then the next rung down, I would say, is like split signs. Yeah. Glass. I think you could, yeah, you could put all those kind of in the same those three. area. Yeah. The next rung down. Yeah, like the visit, the visit is, right is there. okay. Yeah, it's not terrible. It's so like, not like horrible. Old. And then yeah. the rest. And then everything. That hot <laughs> pile of garbage at the bottom that I don't even want to expend the like brain cells to sort through them have in ever, any semblance of order. Have you ever gone back to rewatch the village? No, absolutely not. There's like three yeah, movies I've no. seen in my life that I was like upset I had seen. It was this one, 
Superman Returns. You remember that terrible one? That like that weird one off Superman movie that like, yes, I don't know why she likes that. that Leslie movie. enjoys. The one person I met my entire also, Leslie doesn't like The Godfather, so we have to question her. Uh, we have to question all, all of the film opinions <laughs> very heavily. And we well, love you, Leslie, uh, but listen. Uh, and the Hulk, the one with Eric Bana, was. <laughs> I was like, why is there a mutant poodle fighting? I don't understand. I mean, why would they I was, choose a poodle? <laughs> I was pretty young and I was like, oh, look at Eric Bana's butt. So <laughs> that was kind of my main takeaway from that That's whole it. film. Village's top three angriest making films. So I will absolutely yeah. not be watching it again. Oh my gosh. It wasn't so, even like good enough to be bad. That's why I would put old no. like further up there. Where because least, old, like, you can have fun. The Village is not fun at no. all like watching it is a chore and then the payoff is so wretched that <laughs> you're angry at the end because you're like what the hell was this what did you that do what did you make me sit through how did you ruin your own story so badly i don't even understand ren literally took a 15 year break I did. I mean, I, you watched Split on time, right? That was the next Shyamalan uh, film. No, I well, I didn't watch Split when it came out. I watched Split at like some point in okay. the past, like maybe probably like a couple years ago, like when it was on a streaming service. I probably that, watched it. That was your return to Shyamalan. That was Split. yes. That was after the, was the like, village mm, ran yes. you out. He yes, he had me with James McAvoy <laughs> and a sequel to Unbreakable. I actually, you know what? Actually, I don't even think I watched Split until I knew that Glass was coming out. Oh. And then I was like, okay, I would like to see how this whole story ties up. Because <laughs> I like, I really liked Unbreakable a lot. Yeah. Um, but don't, uh, yeah, I don't regret yeah. it. I'm glad I know what happened in his there little thing. Yeah, it was that, fine. That was, was not a, great shake, that was not but, a village situation it, no it was he did, fine. Not, he did not grab the truck and drive it straight off the bridge he at least <laughs> not he maintained I don't, it I don't at, at the speed. end like ta-da and then yes, showboat <laughs> like he just made another masterpiece give <laughs> me another oscar come on you'll know you want oh to i'm so good God. at my job well that was <laughs> it now to ask for help you think he like knows maybe and he's like i can't i think i just they'll know we know, man. We know. Yeah, we know. We're on to you. Just ask for some help. Go yeah. co-write with somebody. Just, or just, like, direct somebody else's script. Yeah. I think he feels like he can't. I think he feels like he'll, he will have conceded to not being as awesome as he thinks he is in his own mind if he stops writing his own movies. Listen, yeah, no. I direct and write my own shit. I love when other people write stuff I can direct. That's, like, half of the job I don't have to worry about. No. Take it down Shyamalan <laughs> you got money go give somebody uh, else a fucking opportunity why don't you use a lady script probably because he's no, a sexist he, weirdo he, yeah he's we've already established he's got some weird things going on but yeah that was our review for old as well as our discussion for the very weird trajectory of M. Night Shyamalan and what could have been in his <laughs> career. Uh, let us know, did you like old? Are you one of those crazy people defenders of the film? We're Go not, ahead and uh, at me. I'll tell you why you're wrong. You can try to convince <laughs> us. I don't think you'll be successful, but do your best. Uh, also, let us know, uh, what, what is your favorite 
M. Night Shyamalan film other than The Sixth Sense or Unbreakable. Or your most rage-inducing. Yes. And what is I think we could do a poll worst. between like Lady in the Water and The Village. It seems like there are strong feelings on both of those. Yeah. So let us know both the worst, the best, all in between. Your you theories on what happened in his brain at some point. <laughs> all these 1999 and, and 2021. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so add us at <laughs> on Twitter as well as Instagram. We'll be looking for your opinions there. Also, if you are watching our visual version of the podcast on Chili Boy Productions YouTube channel, leave those comments down below we'll just respond to you right then and there uh ren why don't you let everybody know where they can find and follow you you can find me on twitter at ren manly at at ren manly at ren manly and you can find me on instagram at renny poo 13 Perfect. And you can find me at Chili Boy Productions on YouTube as well as Instagram and Chili Boy YT on Twitter. So we thank you for listening to us be snarky today and we'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Bye.